Welcome back to another episode of Where the Hood Niggas At? Where the Hood Niggas At? Where they at? You're listening to the John Effect Podcast. This is episode 287. New listeners, welcome. Returning listeners, welcome back. I am your host, John Salvatore Mackey, a.k.a. Christopher Ruiz, your master of ceremonies, Cuban Roast in the Flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Cashflow, the Afro-Latino, Ryan Reynolds on these hoes, John Quixote, John Stradamus, Cheekbone Jones, Bro-Livia Pope, the young OG, Juancito Fuego, the Prince of Potomac, 68 Savage, because I owe these niggas one, BKA, often imitated, never duplicated, cannot be replaced, and it is finally here, guys, this is 30 kicks off now, like, I'm so excited, guys, this has been a pet project that I've been working on since, I want to say, October of last year, because the initial concept was when I was 17. And in the middle of doing when I was 17 in pre-production, I said, you know what? I want to do a companion series and I want to release it towards the end of the year. And here we are. It is mid-September. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear the stories it's eight weeks. It's eight dynamic voices. And we're going to kick things off with Candace. I'm back, guys. This is 30 is here. I have been talking about it for the last few months, but we are in the nitty gritty of things. And like I told you guys on the timeline, I said on previous episodes, I was very selective on the list for guests. 
And who we have today, I'm very excited. I'm very elated to have one. This is not our first collaboration. This is our guest's first time on the John Effect podcast, but this will have been our third or fourth collaboration. So without further ado, I'm going to let my very special guest introduce herself. Hello, everybody. If you like reality TV, then you may have listened to me before. I'm Candace of the Ratchet Ramblings podcast. Um, I was, I'm one of three of the co-hosts. Rest in peace to our beautiful angel, Curtis, who I did yes. the show with. And I know that you've heard Curtis on the John Effect podcast before. So I am elated to have the opportunity to finally record with you, John. I love the work you do with your podcast. I love that you stand up in everything from pop culture to talking about life, love, and navigating that as an openly gay Black man. I want to tell you happy Pride Month. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited that Curtis built this bridge for us to be able to collab together. Yes. He he was he was working even when he didn't know he was working. So I'm just excited to be here. I am excited for you to be here. So a little backstory. So Candace is the only and the first person to be on This Is 30 that did not appear on When I Was 17. And I kind of wanted to bookmark it because I had Jeremy on with this is, or when I was 17. And I said, you know what? If we're going to talk about 30s, Jeremy's still very, very new to being 30. So I said, you know what? So he is. Candace. I think he just turned 30. Yes, he just. Year. I said, you know what? He just Candace. 30 this year. He did. So I was like, you know what? I know me and Jeremy are going to collaborate many more times. I said, this is the perfect opportunity to have Candace on the show because I wanted more female representation because I caught some flat the first time with the guest list that I had that you're not being as inclusive. Uh, you only had two women out of, out of 10 guests. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not intentional. It's just, it's not intentional. It's the thing people don't get about podcasting is when you're having guests on, you have to go with the people that want to be on the show. Right. Like you, you can ask people if they want to be a guest and they'll be like, yeah, just let me know, blah, blah, blah. But you want people on who are intentional about coming to your podcast, having a good time, making it, making people want to listen to it. So Sometimes it gets hard to be inclusive with podcasting. And also it's hard to have guests on who don't podcast in general because they get nervous. They, you know, they don't know how to keep the flow of conversation going. You got, you got to edit out all the dead air because they're trying to, you know, work their way through the episode. So sometimes it's just easier easier to have people on who do podcasts or appear on podcasts on a regular basis because they understand how it goes. So, and also please don't talk to an openly gay black man about inclusivity. It's just, thank you. it's It's not the wave. It's not the wave. And let me tell you something, John has been so supportive 
of everything we do. Um, he goes up for black women. He don't play that shit. I don't. You're not gonna sit in sit in John face and be derogatory about black women. So just because he couldn't get, you know, five black women on or five women in general on doesn't mean he's not inclusive. He did what he had to do to get good episodes because I'm gonna tell you, baby, this this is like a part-time job. Who are you podcast. It is running your podcast it's a job it's a it's a job that's also a hobby but it's a job nonetheless it takes work all of the scheduling john has been doing to even get to this is 30 has been work it it, it is we should get a check for it (laughs) we should all all the content creators we should get a check for this because there's time there's the thought process there's the recording there's the scheduling there is the promotion. It is a lot. And I think people think, oh, I like to talk. I like to, you know, chit chat, kiki with my friends. I'm going to do a podcast. It don't work like that. In theory, mm-hmm. you would think it would, but it doesn't. But are you ready for This is 30? I am. All right. Very so ready. First question. Describe your 30s in three words and share why you chose those three words. So I would say this far, my 30s have been progressive. Okay. Successful. All right. And a learning experience. I like that. They've been... They've been progressive because um, I didn't start having kids until I was into my 30s. Right. So I had London at 32 going on 33. I had Taj at 37. Um, So those are things that I didn't actually see in my future in my 20s. I didn't really see me having, you know, a husband, two kids, picket fence we don't do no dogs over here (laughs) but so it's it's progress I'm in a totally different space in my 30s than I was in my 20s I would say it's been successful because in it was in my 30s when Curtis and I started Flawless Noises Mm -hmm. and even in Curtis passing through the grace of God and and I'm sure his hand sits on my shoulders I've been able to continue the network and and keep some shows coming Kudos from all walks of life and so to me that is a success and you know my my life outside of podcasting as an engineer has been a success as well because i moved all the way to denver for this job mm-hmm. and i'm almost a decade into this job now so to me that is a success as well and the learning experience through Curtis, through our friendship, I realized that I had a lot of unlearning to do. And one of the things that always sits with me is Curtis was, he stood up in the fact that he did not want hateful people around him, both intentionally hateful and just ignorantly hateful. And so in in his memory, I feel like I've, I've unlearned a lot of bullshit 
as it pertains to blackness, as it pertains to the LGBTQIA, as it pertains to being a woman, because a lot of the stuff that we learn as children and, and teenagers in our 20s, it's it's all centered on straight straightness, it heteronormativity, is. and being, you know, being whatever black men need you to be or learning how to cope with white people. But Curtis was like, why are we living our lives to cope with white people? Right. Why are we so hell bent on being what black men say that they need us to be? So I've it's been a learning experience. And being I was on a very early episode of Gay Side Stories where Curtis talked about what it means for uh, cis people, cis, cis hetero people to be allies. Mm-hmm. What it means to be an ally. And I always carry those tips with me in my pocket. And so I do want to be somebody who is considered an ally because I absolutely feel that the the, the community is an ally to Black women, both if they're in the community or if they're straight or otherwise. So I've been learning a lot about how to be an ally and, you know, when to be quiet, when to speak up, you know, centering, you know, the community and Black women when they, how they want to be centered. Not right. just talking what I think what I think I should be doing. What do y'all think I should be doing? So that's what has made my thirties. It's a learning experience. Beautifully put. So I want to switch things up just a little bit, just to get a little fun, just to get a little silly. What does three fifteen on a random Saturday afternoon, excuse me, afternoon look like to you now versus what it looked like ten years ago in your twenties? So a ra- um, now in my 30s, a random 3.15 on a Saturday, it looks like something centered around the kids. Um, it, London is either doing ballet or she's at gymnastics or she's at a track meet. 10 years ago, at 3.15 was, I'm still hungover trying to get myself together so I could go back out tonight. Okay. <laughs> But now it's it's more family centered um, on Saturdays, you know, try to do something, grab something, go out to eat or grab the kids and icy or something like that. So, yeah, it was it was single and mingling because, you know, after you go out on that Friday, mm-hmm. you got to sleep in on that Saturday. Oh, and you got to try to get yourself together to go back out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now it's it's. it's very much so family oriented and that's fun for me as well like both things are fun like I I enjoy being able to look back and be like girl you had a time you used to be whoo what that TikTok say we had a time last night get it and and now it's okay let's get up girl let's go it's time to go to ballet class I want to see what you're learning and so I enjoy I enjoy both aspects of it just because I feel like in your 30s and I'm in my late 30s heading into 40s so I'm 38 um you can't you don't necessarily want to be doing all the same things you were doing in your 20s I, so. I agree I definitely agree so switching gears again what okay. are some deal breakers for you as a 30 something 
So the biggest one is reciprocity. If there is no reciprocity, there is no ship, no friendship, no relationship, no family ship, no work, nothing. If it's not reciprocal, if it's not beneficial for me the way it's beneficial for you, I'm not going to participate in it. I'm just not. Okay. I'm done. You know, I feel like in my twenties, I accepted the short end of the stick on a lot of things from a lot of people. And in my thirties, I'm not, I'm not accepting the short end of the stick from anything or any, anyone. So that's my non-negotiable in my thirties. Well put, well put. So next question. How do you navigate the world when it comes to race relations as a 30-something? And has there been any type of change since you were a 20-something? Oh, absolutely. So in my 20s, I feel like I wanted to be in spaces with white people and be seen as their equals and Mm. equitable in my thirties, I would honestly rather not deal with white people. I don't, you know, I deal with them as I have to, as it pertains to my professional life, but in terms of my personal life, I don't want to be around white people because no matter how much of an ally they believe they are, typically they don't use their privilege to help us. They don't. Like when, when the going gets tough, they fade to black. They fade into the background when it comes to us. So um, I fully believe that there's all white people are racist to an extent and bigoted to an extent. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, if you, you have this, this power, you have this privilege and you will do anything to hold on to that privilege, even to the detriment of marginalized people so there's no way you can't consider that a form of bigotry um I don't have I'm gonna be honest I don't have any white friends and I don't want any white (laughs) friends I love being surrounded by black people I love blackness and I don't feel a need to fit in with white people anymore I don't care if they see me as equitable as long as they mind their manners or it's gonna be a lawsuit that's it Oh, I don't care how okay. you feel about me, especially in the workplace. I don't care how you feel about me. I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job damn good. So as long as you acknowledge that I do my job damn good, we won't have no problems. But outside of that, no, keep white people away from me. Keep a lot of non-black people away from me, too, if we're being honest. Please say that because that... <clears throat> if we're being honest, yes, if we're being no. honest, because yes. a lot of... A lot of non-Black people um, just, they are harmful to Black people for the sake of being parallel to whiteness. Yeah. Oh, you took they the word out of my mouth because that- They want to be in proximity to whiteness. So they're willing to harm us to get there because that's the status quo, you know? Meanwhile, they copy everything we fucking do. Everything we do- they have to go and have a rendition of it. So I love being with black people. That's just my thing. Love blackness. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
as a 30 something, what does liberation mean to you? Liberation looks like to me being freed of titles that I never asked for. Okay. I think um, uh, one of the things that was is important to me is when I when my kids get older, I can actually tell them I had y'all when I was ready to have y'all. I didn't have y'all because society said you need to be having kids by now or you're going to be too old and this, that, and the third. Or I got married in my 30s when I was ready and, and was with someone I knew would be a good partner. Right. I didn't just get married because the society said, Ooh, women, uh, women who over 30, who not married yet. Mm-mm, something wrong with them. One shit wrong with me. Right. I was actually in the, having a time in my life. So liberation looks like getting rid of all those misogynistic and patriarchal titles that they like to slap on women. Like, and for example, when people ask me about myself, I don't mention being a wife first or a mother. I'm a black woman first before right. all those other titles came to be. I was born a black woman and I've had to navigate the world as a black woman and figure my shit out when the world was trying to step on me. So no, wife and mother are not just the most important titles for me. Okay. So yeah, that's what liberation looks like. No, Get your titles off me and get your expectations off me. I'm going to do what I want to do when I'm ready to do it. No, that's right. Next question. What has been the biggest learning experience for you in your 30s? Loss has been the biggest learning experience. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like so, you know, by the by the blessings and glory of the higher power, I've not had to experience a lot of loss. But recently in my 30s is when I took the biggest hits with loss, you know, right. I lost my grandfather, lost my dad-in-law, lost Curtis, you know, those are some huge losses for me. Like yeah. those were huge. And so what I had to learn was how to navigate beyond the pain, because it is so very easy to sit in your grief and let it con- consume you. And so I had to learn, okay, girl, go get you some mental help. Go to grief counseling. You having some other issues, you need to unpack some trauma, get some help. Learning to, to ask for help and get the help you need has been my biggest learning experience. And that was due to taking some big hits, some loss in my thirties that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen in my twenties, you know, like I, right. you know, I still got my mom, my grandmother is still here, you know, things like that. So losing, losing my grandfather, who I was very, very close to, right. um, that just kind of hit me, punched me in the chest. And it that jump started me because it was after losing my grandfather. I said, I think I would like to relocate and apply for this job that I've applied for multiple times, didn't get hired and was never going to apply again because they kept rejecting me. But it was after losing my grandfather. And one of our conversations that he had was, one of our last conversations that we had before his passing was just you don't if you give up on yourself everybody else gives up on you right you don't believe in you nobody does so his passing led me to Denver and then my dad-in-law passing led me to really getting focused on mental health 
you are not your the best version of yourself when you're mentally unhealthy. So it it was painful, mm-hmm. but it absolutely taught me to invest more in my mental health and in taking care of that and learning to cope and unpack and heal to get over on the other side. So yep. All right. So this next question, and this is free for you to interpret however you would like. What has been the biggest shift in your mindset as you've been in your 30s, as you've been navigating your 30s? That is a phenomenal question. The biggest shift in my mindset has been that I'm enough as is. Uh, Okay. Thank you. who I am today, who I am right now, I'm enough. I don't, if I don't f- change tomorrow, I'm enough right now, you know? And mm-hmm. I will, I'll be honest, like as be as a black woman, like struggling with body image and, mm-hmm. you know, struggling with navigating, constantly being the only black woman in the room in professional places and always feeling like I needed to do more and more and more and more. No, no. I'm enough now. Anything I do that's more now, that's just a bonus. But who you have, the candidates you have now today, that that candidate is enough for any and everybody. And if if the person, if somebody says that I'm not, they just not meant to be in my circle. Right. They're not meant to be here. So that has been my biggest mindset is that I am enough. I, I, I don't have to jump through hoops and hurdles constantly to prove I'm enough. I'm already enough. So that's the one for me. Okay. So you kind of touched on this a few questions ago, but the next question, what does self-care look like as a 30-something to you? So self, self-care looks like being able to tell the people in your tribe when you need some self-care speaking up um you know with you know having two kids and working and all this kind of stuff you I get tired I get exhausted and instead of constantly shouldering it all that exhaustion I literally will tell who my mom and my husband are here I'll be like I'm I'm tired right? I'm tired. And one of them or both of them always step in and say, okay, go rest. Go get your nails done. Go get your hair done. Go take you some time. Go take you, take a nap. You know, we have a, so like Monday through Friday, it's me. I'm still working from home, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, But my husband is not. So on the weekends, or one, when he gets home in the evening, it's almost like we do a shift change. He instantly comes in and he takes over with the kids. Aww. He does dinner, gets them ready for bed, gets them in bed. And on the weekends, he's basically the daddy daycare, right? I I get a chance to do the things that I've, I want to do. I get a chance to sleep in late, take some naps. If I don't feel like cooking, he cooks. We order out whatever the case may be. But self-care looks like telling people when you need some time to care for yourself. Right. Because people can't help if they don't know. You're right. They, they can. 
so that, that I would say that's what self-care looks like for me. And it's not a particular thing. Cause you know, we like to do, we have different moods as people. And so our moods determine the, the self-care we, we might want. Right. You know, you're like, okay, shit. I, I just, I want to go to a restaurant, have some drinks, eat, no kids around, no mommy, 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 or just go somewhere and, and pour into yourself or it could be should I need a spa day or it could simply be I just need to be able to sleep in my bed uninterrupted right so but if you don't say that you you need some self-care you need some time to yourself nobody knows and then you start doing uh, all my life I had to fight nobody <laughs> know when I need nothing well you just got to open your mouth and say something right so, yeah so my final question for you, and I, I like okay. to wrap it up with this question. What moment hits you and you're like, damn, this is 30? Like, I'm in my 30s. Like, what? <laughs> okay, so this is going to be. It was when I started having to buy home goods that I realized, oh, you are really an adult because rugs are expensive aren't they oh my god lamps are expensive yes window treatments curtains blinds all that expensive as hell linen good bedding is expensive not those dorm sheets you get from target and walmart ah, this shit, not the, dorm seven, sheet. eight, the seven eight hundred sticker expensive i was like this is oh my goodness Yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. Because it's not furniture. If we being honest, it's furniture not. is the least expensive part. Yeah. Finding a good a good rug. Finding good lamps. I love a good lamp. I do. Oh, I, I love, love a good lamp. I love a good lamp. And the fact love, that we're talking good, about how we love a good lamp, if that does not scream 30s, <laughs> I don't know what does. Because I do, I just like, I like this lamp. I do. I like this because a good, good lamps and beautiful lamps really pull decor together in a home. They do. They matter. Good lamps, good lighting matters. So yeah, I think that's when I was like, this is 30 when it wasn't, I've gotten to the point where, and everybody know I love a good shoe. I love a good bag, Mm -hmm. but a, a beautifully decorated home is really a sign that you got your shit together. Speak on it. It, it. It's that's a it's a it takes time to beautifully decorate a home. So when I now when I watch those HGTV shows, and I be looking, I be like, damn. They work at Petco and they got a a, a one point two million dollar house budget. Lord. Oh. Okay, well, must I, be nice. Money laundering, but okay, I, I hear. <laughs> I hear you. I because I be like, mm. I say you work at mattress firm. Okay. Okay. Because I know they selling dope out the mattress firm. You, I guarantee you, if you buy a mattress from if you buy a mattress from mattress firm and cut it down the middle, the cartel gonna be coming to see you. Because they they're, sure. they're never crowded. And but, Arby's. I know they selling dope out the Arby's. You know they are. So, they so are. it's 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 mafia. And I like and I like they curly fries, but you ain't gonna tell me curly fries keep them in all business. Float. It's it can't be. It can't be. Because they sell them in the grocery store. Thank you. They don't want to talk about that though. But Candace, it has been a delight 
finally having you on the show. Of course, you know, you have an open invite to jump on this show whenever you'd like. I am so Working on some honored. things. Yes. I would love to record with you and Jackie. I've not, I've, uh, I would okay, love to. Okay, you know what? Because yeah, I know Jackie, Jackie like, is yeah. my, she be carrying on. She's my Don't type she? of carrying on. Okay. And I enjoy, I love what y'all bring. And I'm so honored to be on and be a part of this segment. Because um, I, I, I think 30s are a transformative period it for is. a lot of people. A lot of people, you you get you start really growing up in your 30s. So it is very important. And I think this is a beautiful series that you're putting together. Thank and you. And I cannot wait to hear it. I can't wait for everyone to hear it because it has been, and I'm only two episodes in, but it's been fun. But the spotlight is you. Let the listeners know all where they can find you. Plug your stuff. Don't plug your stuff. And take us out with something candidacy. Okay, well, one, you can find me on all social media at Not So Newlywed PC and follow Flawless Noises. Listen to some of our podcasts, Ratchet Ramblings. Um, go back and listen to the Gay Side Stories uh, podcast because I left them up particularly for that reason. Go back and listen and see the beautiful work Curtis was doing yes. with Gay Side Stories. Um, and yeah, I'm here to have, I'm here for, I'm here for a long time and a good time. That's what I want people to know. I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not picking one or the other. I'm here for both. I'm here to live life, raise my kids and love on my community. So know that about me. We love it. And if you mess with any of them, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem. I know that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> well, we will see you guys next time. Bye guys. Bye, everybody. What you do to me? What you do to me?